Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Not to sound too narcissistic, but I've been very happy with the conversations we've been having of late here on this show. I could not be more grateful to each and every one of our guests for being as candid as they have been, as being as gracious with their time as they have been, as generous with that time uh, throughout the course of the conversations we've had over the past few months. We have another one of those conversations in that spirit again here today as I am thrilled to share my conversation with Kentucky Senior and current ATP number 406, Alafia Ieni, with all of you Crack Rackets listeners today. Of course, we had to talk to Alafia about his Kentucky team's dramatic run to the 2023 SEC tournament title. I also wanted to speak to Alafia about his decision to spend his final college season at Kentucky about how he has prepared for his life on the pro tour to begin about how he hopes he and his team can end this 2023 college season and so much more. It is a delightful, delightful interview that I am certain all of you fans are going to enjoy. Of course, before we get to it, a shout out to our dear friends at Turner for the support they show for this show. Of course, Turner is synonymous with grips everywhere. You just assume that grip you see on the racket of your opponent, that grip you see on the racket of your friend, that grip you see on the racket of the pro you're watching on television. You just assume it's a Turner grip. They're the best in the business, but they continue to get better, and they've unveiled their latest iteration of their Turner grip. It's called Turner Tough. Simply put, it's even better than before. Gets tackier as you sweat, same iconic blue color, same affordable price. It's the best in the business. Once you switch to Turner, you'll never use anything else. You can find Turner wherever you buy your tennis supplies. We are so grateful for the support we get from our friends at Turner. At least we can do ask you to support them as well. Be sure to try the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with the one and only Alafiani. Joining us on the podcast for the first time today is a guest I have long hoped we would have on this show and is certainly someone I know college tennis fans will want to hear from after his victories in the semifinals and finals helped propel his Kentucky men's tennis team to their first SEC tournament title since 1992. Of course, if that wasn't enough, he's also the 22nd ranked singles player in the country, part of the number 30 doubles duo in the country as well. A multi-time all-conference performer and a man we now know as a senior on the Kentucky men's tennis team. Welcome onto our show, Alafia Ianni. Alafia, how are you doing today, my friend? And after that introduction you just gave me, I feel great. I feel great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, it is my pleasure. Yeah, it took me two tries because, again, with all of those accolades, I knew I had to get them right. And obviously, let's just start with the big things. What feels sweeter? Earning that victory from 5-4 down in the third set to keep your team alive in the championship match or earning that clincher in the semifinals? Because I have to imagine those sorts of scenes, that's why you go to Kentucky, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, definitely the biggest one was like just watching Jaden clinch that, that last match. That I mean, that's bigger than anything I could have done this, this weekend. That was, wow. I mean, the match points down, I think, like, I honestly have so much respect for him because the, his match point, I wasn't even playing. I was just watching. <laughs> I couldn't even move. I was like, I was so tired. He's out there like slicing, like chiseling. He's just playing, playing so, so well, man. Like that was, that was one of the best moments of my life. Just like watching him clinch that, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I, I can only imagine what that's like. And I often think, I guess the better question I should have asked is what's more stressful playing that match in that three-all decider against uh, Tennessee or watching that three-all decider or just the (laughs) 3-2 situation with him and Taha in that uh, final. Because in my opinion, playing it's not the hard part. It's the freaking watching that kills you. Yeah, it's definitely – it was definitely a lot more stressful watching than playing. Like when you play, you kind of – you know, you got to just put it – put it all on the line and you can trust your training and stuff a little bit. And – one watching like I mean I want it so bad for them I want it so bad for my team for my brothers I mean we're we're a family so it's it's so much more stressful to watch you know <laughs> yeah no I can only imagine and you know again let's talk about that weekend more broadly looking for your team you guys obviously have had a very good season you know coming into the SEC tournament obviously I think you guys had had what four losses overall on the year you were I want to say 21 and four and had made the national indoor semifinals obviously had experienced some success but there were definitely some hiccups along the way. I know certainly I'm sure that South Carolina home match as much as anything just because it was at home was one that stuck with you guys. You know, is this a result you were you were at all surprised to see or how confident were you in your team's level going into this SEC tournament? Um yeah, definitely. So I was I mean, first of all, like, you know, you kind of have to give credit to to South Carolina in that in that match there, obviously we we were pretty high in confidence coming out of a, you know Final Four showing and everything having a great season so far, and and we knew that that was kind of going to be the the statement match to start the SEC and um, and they came out and they they honestly they deserved it they fought harder than us and you know and and we needed that kind of reality check, um, but you know going into the SEC tournament, I think. I don't want to say it was a surprise just because I know what my team's capable of. Um, and I know what ev- like every single guy in the lineup and on the bench is capable of. So it's, you know, winning the title isn't necessarily a surprise, but the way we did it is definitely, it's still sinking in. It's very hard to believe. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, again, like it, it was just, you know, me, Drax, Taha, Jaden, Shaw, Josh, especially, I mean, just, like so solid up and down the lineup, JJ and doubles was just amazing. You know, having Heyman and, and, and Tate Sorbo cheering us on from the sidelines, you know, like those, those are the kind of guys where like, you know, if you reach your full potential, then it, it shouldn't be a surprise to win championships to be completely honest. 
for you personally coming over from Cornell, it's your first year at Kentucky, and yet hearing you speak about these guys, and I say this with the most affection, you sound like the older brother. Like you just, you sounds like you're proud to like see. And obviously, whenever they're true freshmen, like you guys have at at five and six freshmen, excuse me, great grammar, Alex. Um, I'm sure to some extent you're just older than them. Like, of course, you're going to view them as a younger brother. I am curious, though, for you. Yes, it's first year on campus. How have you gone about asserting feels like a strong word, but being a leader? And, you know, again, I know it's your first year around, but how do you do you feel like you have been able to take on a leadership role on this team? Um, Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, Liam, um, our captains, Heyman, Liam and um, and and Alex have been kind of the big leaders, but we all have our kind of specific spots where we can really step up to the task. And I think one place where I've helped the team out a lot with is just kind of like being there for them with in terms of strategy, in terms of uh, positivity when we're training, just motivating them when we're training and trying to get the energy going. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it definitely is difficult coming in as a transfer, um, as a non-Canadian transfer, I should yeah. say. Um, you know, it definitely is difficult. And I didn't spend a lot of time in the fall at, at, uh, at, at Kentucky. But, you know, one thing about a group of a group of great people is that they're always going to come together under, you know, when when they have the same goal. It's one purpose. We're, we're all kind of united. And I think that's what happened in the spring there even though I hadn't spent a lot of time with the guys there. Um, they know what my contribution is to the team, what my role is on the team. I know what their roles are. And so I think we all just kind of fit together very, very well in that in that sense. Watching you guys this weekend versus watching you at the indoors, it did feel a little bit more fluid, if that makes sense. Like, look, Draxel's Draxel, right? And since he walked in the door, you know the noise you're going to get from him. He's going to say at least one sentence per match that you're just going to laugh and be like, wow, okay, sure. That's what he said. Um, You know, again, at the indoors, I thought you were right. It it was very fun. It's almost like he creates the permission structure, right? He's loud. So now I get to be loud too. And everyone sort of, it felt like early on though, and part of this I'm sure is them being freshmen. I don't know if we saw that at much at five and six, and it feels like watching you guys at SECs, you know, more so than the tennis, that's the thing that seems to have come along furthest to me. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. The um, the energy piece has been something that I think is one of the most important things in college tennis. Um, how well do you start off the match in doubles? Depends on your energy. How well you start off the match in singles? Depends on your energy. And how you finish also depends on, like, I mean, for example, when I was playing against Tennessee, um, I was down 6-5, 40-15 with the guy serving. And I was still, you know, high-fiving Liam, like, you know, yelling, like, let's go Cats, let's go Cats, like screaming and yelling. And, and uh, like, I don't know. I don't know if that helped at all, like, for, with me. But, like, I, I can tell you for the other guys seeing that and not maybe not knowing the score, they, they just see that and they're like, okay, he's fighting, he's positive, and that helps them raise their level a little bit as well. And I think that's where Jaden and Shav really sh- stepped up um, in the last couple of weeks. We've been working on it in practice. And um, and they've just, yeah, especially like Jaden, you know, we used to not be able to hear him on the on, on the court because I'm, I'm way down on the other end. So but now I can hear him like it's, you know, it just it feels like we're all kind of getting to the, the peak at the right time. 
Yeah, and both those guys have way too much firepower to not be heard from. It's like if you hit winners like that, in college tennis in particular, you got to let them know. And I am just curious, how does SEC energy compare to Ivy League energy? Like, has that? have you had to change how you approach things at all this season? Because let's be clear, the guys you're playing at the top of the Ivy League during your time at Cornell, they're really freaking good. You know, again, all those guys are top 20, 25 players in the country, and you're seeing that again in the SEC. But is it a little different? Um, I have to think about that, actually. I think – I do think it is. I think that um, I've had to change the way that I approach things just because – um, in the Ivy leagues, everyone's really good, but they kind of, I don't want to say like they're polite, but like, it's, you know, like you're not going to hear like again against Georgia, you know, like their fans are screaming at me between first and second serves. And, you know, like you, you get like, they get, it gets really personal really quick in the sec. I feel like, um, and he kind of like it, it for me, I take things very personal. Um, okay. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's just how I work. And so that's something that I've had to really work on coming to the SEC where I know that like, you know, especially if you're at, you're, you're playing an away match and like the guy starts making comments about your family or something like that, you know, you got, you gotta just have to roll with it and just keep playing and play even harder. The only way to shut them up is to win, to be honest. And in the Ivies, it's a little bit different that you're never really going to hear like a guy from, I don't know, Harvard or Columbia, you know, like making comments about like that type of stuff. It's just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's a little – like they still get – they try to get in your head, but it's like it's not as personal, you know? No, it's less ruthless. Like I, I yeah. agree. Like yeah. I've heard stories about the Columbia bubble, and like that's not selling yeah. that short <laughs> yeah. because it gets loud in there, and they're on top oh, yeah. of you. But it's not SEC ruthless. Like I, I yeah. totally understand what you're uh, trying to say. And yeah, what's been such a joy for me to watch is to see how well you have acclimated yourself and – if you'll allow me to say, you embrace it so well. Like, you're absolutely right. That energy is so much a part of what you do out there. And I'm curious if pacing yourself, because, and I say this lovingly, you know, the results weren't really there at the start of the season for you. Like, you you played fine, but fine, I know, is not the standard you hold yourself to. Was it tennis? Was it getting back outdoors? You know, what do you think that now has you? I think you've won four in a row. You're 16 and eight overall on the year. What what's clicked for you down this season's home stretch? Um, well, I don't want to get like too deep into you know different sort of things, but um, one thing that I've been chasing the last couple of months is my spirituality, um, my relationship with God, and um, you know, I've become I feel like I've become a much more spiritual person in the last couple of of months and that's helped me settle myself and be okay with myself. Um, you know, there's a big difference when you go on, on tour, um, and you play on tour a lot and then you come back to college, there's a huge difference. And part of that, there becomes some sort of like expectations that you put upon yourself, you know, um, for my, for me coming in from, you know, I beat Luca Pui and then two weeks later I'm playing against, you know, EKU. Right. And, um, (laughs) So there's a little bit of an expectation there in my mind, right? Like, and um, it became difficult when the expectations, because the expectations are never going to match up with the reality, let's be honest, especially in tennis. And when the expectations and the reality didn't match up, I began to question myself a bit. Um, but, you know, 
that various things like, you know, helping out with like, you know, just mental, mental strength coaches with my spirituality and everything have helped to kind of like settle me um, and be okay. Like, honestly, the biggest difference is I'm okay with losing. I'm okay with losing in college. I hate losing usually. (laughs) I just want to put that out. I am a competitor. I swear. I I hate losing, but you you kind of, um, in college, you have to accept that you can lose to literally anybody. Anyone's playing great tennis on any given day. And because of the fact that, you know, I'm whatever, I don't know what I am right now. I, I was like 399 or something like that in the ATP rankings at some point. And because of that, people are going to play even better because there's less to lose. So, um, so you just kind of have to be okay with that. And I think that's the biggest uh, adjustment that I've made. Well, I appreciate your candidness. 406 in the rankings, in case you were curious, which by the way, <laughs> is still very impressive. Um, no, it's not embracing losing. It's accepting losing. That's exactly it. And so often you talk to players who will say the biggest realization you come to is you're not going to win every week, especially on the pro tour where a quarterfinals is a good week. And in reality, that's two and one. And like, yeah. you know, back in the day, you're not putting two and one on the refrigerator. And so yeah. I, I totally understand that. I'm curious. You talk about, again, whether it's the mental coaches, just the people you have surrounding you, helping you find that spirituality and just this entire year for you because you mentioned it in the fall. You do go and play a bunch of pro events. You play a bunch of challengers. You get to qualify for those events. You make a semifinal in Fairfield as well. I'm sure the thought crossed your mind of, okay, you know what? Maybe I am ready to turn pro. And, you know, again, maybe I've gotten what I need for my college experience why ultimately was another year of college tennis right for you? And, you know, I know that decision was made beforehand, but what led you to Kentucky? Because you joked about it earlier. You're not Canadian. Like, it's not yeah. just like, uh, oh, yeah, he's the Lafayette, the, the guy from Toronto. He's coming to, of course. Kentucky. Yeah. yeah um, well, you know, my college fifth year recruiting process is very involved. Um, my parents chose kind of for me the first time around so i was like and i don't get me wrong obviously i love cornell and it's a great program so you know like and and i i really improved a lot there but i was thinking for my fifth year it would be difficult to play for an ivy league um as a grad student you have to go through a vet uh i think it's like an appeal process or something it's very complicated and one of our guys tried it and he didn't get to play until i think two-thirds through the year um so i wasn't i'm not going to go through that so i was thinking okay i need to go to a good program where I can get, you know, a little bit of a financial help um, because if I turn pro right now, I won't be able to afford to travel and everything, coaches and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I was looking for, you know, uh, maybe a financially supportive um, institution, good coaches, good team where I can, you know, really uh, be a part of something special. And to be honest, my last three choices were all in the SEC. I don't know if you know, but like it was between Kentucky, Tennessee and Florida, which all have amazing programs with great coaches and great teams. Um, and it, it really was very, the thinnest of margins at, <laughs> at the end of the day. It was really the thinnest of margins. Um, I'm not going to lie. Gab being there did help a lot with my decision and going to Kentucky um, because, you know, I had known him obviously prior to prior to being recruited by them. But um, but at the end of the day, the biggest thing was I just I trusted the coaches a lot. Uh, Cedric and Matt. Matt actually was um, was teammates with my coach in Cornell, uh, Alex Funkhauser. Sure. Shout <laughs> and, out uh, Coastal Carolina. Oh, 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's how we um, I actually connected with Kentucky in the first place. I wasn't even thinking of them in the first place, but um, I I truly believe that they could be the guys that can help me, like, I guess, elevate my game to the level that I need to, to be successful on tour. And um, yeah, so that's kind of that's why I chose that's why I chose Kentucky in, in the long run. And um, to your point of, you know, going pro and everything, I know I'm talking a lot. I apologize. No, 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 no. <laughs> Believe me when I say listeners know what I think. They want to hear from you. Oh, perfect. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you know, for going pro, um, obviously I had a great summer after, you know, after committing. Uh, and then I had an even better fall um, going there. For me, that kind of just strengthened my conviction. In, in Kentucky the summer, obviously, if um, if I had had that summer before committing, would I still have gone to Kentucky? I don't know. Um, but once I got there, you could kind of tell that like the level was just rising and rising. I kept getting better. Um, I kept playing better on tour and everything. And um, and so that kind of like strengthened my conviction. And it's actually funny because this tournament here, uh, I was signed in for um for the savannah challenger yeah um and i made a mistake and i put myself in the qualifying draw as well um i only meant to sign up for the main draw but um i was <laughs> i was i was a couple out of the of the main and i was still in the qualifying draw and if if we made the final then i wasn't going to be able to play in savannah and um and i told the team like but there's no question about it I would 100% rather be here yeah. than playing in any challenger. You know what I mean? Like, and and honestly, like the moments that, like these moments where you, you know, you come back from behind. Even if we had lost that match, you know, those moments are moments that you're never ever gonna forget. That's worth more than, to, in my opinion, that's worth more than winning a challenge. That's worth more than winning three challengers, man. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's that's kind of my thought process. No, it, it all makes sense. I do have to ask. Give me a rough, roughly what date did it switch from Gab recruiting you to you recruiting Gab and be like, come on, just like four more months, five. Like, was I'll that tell like you, I'll October? tell you the exact date where yeah, I knew okay. that Gab was turning pro. It was when I lost to him in that semifinal because, and I knew, and I knew going into that match, I was like, if I win this match, then he stays. If I lose this match, he's probably going to leave. <laughs> like, you know? So I was like, ah, oh, you really got to get this one. <laughs> he, he just, you know, completely outplayed me that day. So that was tough. But, um, but yeah, I like, you know, with Gab, he, he deserves it so much, man. He's one of the nicest guys ever. And I, I don't know if you've talked to him at all, but you know, just, you know, I have one conversation with him. You'll see he's one of the most genuine guys out there. So um, for him to turn pro, like he deserved it so much. And it, it took so much for him because he loves Kentucky and he would have he would have stayed here easily. I I think if Cedric hadn't told him, you know, like, look, this is you, you need to go like you, you made it. to the, You've made it. You, know, you got to go. I don't, I don't really think he would have left, to be honest. So, no, it was. Yeah. Uh, so I was at your Cleveland match where you two played, and then I was there in Cleveland working the event, and that was the week you guys beat Virginia. And Gab and I just happened to cross paths in the elevator, and I like as he's walking away, I go, hey, good to see you. And he turns and he goes, hey, and then he sees it's me and he goes, 
hey, did you see Kentucky beat Virginia? And I was like, <laughs> well, I know you did. And he was like, yeah, of yeah. course I did. And, you know, again, to lose a piece like that and to get off to the start that you guys have and to, you know, be on uh, – to win the SEC tournament, talk to me about this team, how you're feeling about this group heading into, obviously, a, the, the critical stretch of the season that is the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, with, you know, with Gab leaving, I think, um, there, I think there was more doubt from outside of our group than there was from inside, to be completely honest. I think with Gab, it would have been just um, honestly a little bit unfair at that (laughs) point, you know, like, um, we, you know, we knew we were going to struggle, um, a little bit more in, in huge matches without having like, you know, three guys in the top 500, you know, at the top of your lineup, you know, like. But, but the thing is, um, you know, I, I didn't know Shaw going in. I didn't know Chris, the other freshman, Jaden. I didn't know him at all, actually, until he came to visit. Um, and seeing them practice and seeing them, you know, the way that they work hard and everything, I mean, it's hard not to have faith in your team after that, you know? Like, we go through, like, I, I you know, I pride myself on working very hard and doing extra and and every time I go in that's one of the biggest things that that really kind of strengthens my faith in the program is every time I go in like at you know after we have our team practice I'm coming back but you know Taha's there Jaden's there Josh is there you know everyone's like everyone's coming back for more everyone's getting extra work in and it's just like that's that's one of the things that you can you see that a lot of people from outside don't see that you know and they you know and then they like oh okay well I guess they must be weakened or they must, you know, they must be a little bit more, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, unsure, I guess. Sure. Or something yeah. like that. But, um, but you know, that that's the sort of thing that just strengthens our conviction. Yeah. Well, I also think you talk about the work you guys all put in. Everyone's game style on your team's a little bit different. Like, I guess maybe Draxel and Taha somewhat similar in the sense it's the all-court, the more traditional playing style, the more classic technique uh, from that perspective. But like, you know, again, no one does two, you know, no one does two things the same way for this group. And I'm, I'm curious if you feel that in practice and what it's <laughs> like to get to, you know, one day you got Jaden just throwing lefty bombs at you. The next day, you're grinding with Draxel. I'm sure for some of them, they're like, ugh, like. Can I just get a little rhythm today, Lafia? Just like, just give me like just a little rhythm today, please. What talk yeah, to you, what practice? Yeah, I, I bet. What are practices like? Um, practices are definitely a lot of fun. Like yeah. that's actually one of the things I think that's made us better. Um, I don't know if you noticed in the SEC tournament. I feel like at the end there, especially, I was much more solid from the baseline than I, I was didn't want to say it, but you, like, you're bringing it up. So has that been yeah. something where you're like, you know what? I see what they're doing. Let me try this. Yeah. yeah they're like, well, you're, you're missing every fifth ball. Like we can't, <laughs> we can't practice with you. I'm like, All right. Well, you know, I guess I got to start making balls in. Then, you know? <laughs> so, so, you know, they, you know, they kind of, we help each other out or like Taha, you know, stays at the baseline a lot, but you know, he works with me a lot. We play doubles together. He comes forward in the net and his volleys are amazing. I mean, the guy's an amazing volleyer. He's an amazing net game player, but he doesn't, he just doesn't go there a lot. And we kind of push each other out of our comfort zones a little bit. Drax with his serve, his serve has gotten a lot better, you know, and stuff like that. Like just little areas that you wouldn't think would improve. 
you know, you turn from a baseline get player or a, a one-dimensional player to kind of an all-court player in an all-around game. So I think having those different styles helps out a lot with that. Mm-hmm. I also have had a pet theory, and I've expressed it on a podcast in the past, but I think Josh might be the most underrated player in the country. Like, he's so good. I definitely agree. I just, has he ever not hit a shot leaning forward? Because his momentum, it's just like, <laughs> it's, unbelie- so. it's unbelievable. I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> and I yeah. just like, I feel like Josh, like, it's just so, not to, you know, again, everyone's really good. But have you, like, just talk to me a little bit about him, because I feel like you get to see it every day. Well, Josh, as you know, is our tournament MVP. Yeah. So it's just very, very, very deserved right there because he went undefeated in singles and doubles. Just, I mean, he's such a rock, and he's he's such a rock for us. And like every every single time we see him on the court, he's always like, even if he's not playing the best tennis of his life, like he's still finding a way to make you know make the match a little bit more competitive. Find a way to dig it out. A lot of the times, you know. To do to have the record that he has, I think he's only had like maybe four or five losses. I think it's maybe. three in dual match play. Yeah, or three, yeah, crazy. even less than that. <laughs> yeah. Like to to have that kind of record in the SEC at three, um, you're not going to play your best in every single one of those wins. There's no there's no way. But he has just he's just been so solid for us that um, he's one of the big. I think he's one of the biggest inspirations for the rest of the guys um, tennis wise. Even like you even asked Liam, he'll tell you. Like, you know, seeing Josh on the on the court next, he's next to me and Josh. So mm-hmm. he looks over to his left and he sees Josh there just fighting and like always kind of like being that guy to put a little put a set on the board, you know, and everyone else, like against Georgia and everyone else lost their first set, I think, except him. And um, I want to say Jaden, uh, right? Seven, right? six over Yuska or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Taha won at seven, six over Blake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, just looking over and seeing that guy, like just being, being Josh Lapidot, that's just, <laughs> yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like it's, it's so heartening. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a great way to put it. No, I get that. Does he make you call him MVP now? No, but we're probably going to call him MVP like sarcastically <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's earned you that know? at the very yeah. least. And no, I mean, as you look at, you know, all, obviously we've talked about the other game styles. For you personally, you know, you got a chance to work on, you know, to test your game out and see it have success at the pro level. These, you know, not that these five months don't matter, but there aren't pro implications to the college results. And so perhaps you are able, and, you know, you have teammates like Josh to ride their coattails if you need to on a given day. Um, maybe you're more willing to work on some things in this final collegiate season. And I'm curious, what are the things you have focused on in this final year as you get ready to, you know, get back out there in the pros? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think, to be honest, for my game, mm-hmm. it was all about, like, finding my, I guess, my identity as a player. And I did that over the summer um, in in Kazakhstan. <laughs> that's where <laughs> that's where it happened. I played against a, a guy called Karl Kursar okay. in the sure. first round of qualities of Kazakhstan. And he, um, you know, he's a doubles player. He didn't really have a singles rank. Very good doubles player, but he doesn't have a singles ranking. And I was coming off a four or five match losing streak. This confidence at an all-time low and everything. And I had to save five or six match points against him to dig that match out. But one thing about that match that (laughs) 
that kind of set the tone for the rest of that. Like, I think I ended up qualifying, winning around there, lost to Safflin, and then the next week I made quarters of uh, Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just being aggressive on every single point, coming forward on every single point. And sure, the technique wasn't very, you know, smooth, but like <laughs> the mindset was, look, my identity, I have some of the best follies in the world, I think. Um, I'm very quick. It gets in the net very quickly. Why am I not using that? You know, let's just do that. And then coming to Kentucky, what I wanted to do is kind of, I've already, I've had my identity. I I know what my identity is, but it's about making it even more, I guess, effective and streamlined. So, um, you know, whether that's a, a more consistent first serve or, you know, just a little bit of a faster first step up to the net or something like that, you know, it's just those little things, um, that I've been trying to improve. It's nothing, you know, major or something like I'm trying to, I don't know, reconstruct my, my backhand or something, you know, or like that. There's, there's no need for any of that huge stuff. I'm to be honest, I'm too old for that. But, um, but now, you know, going into professional tennis my last year, it's, it's all about making those little, little changes and just making what you do a little bit better. No, sure. Maximizing those strengths makes sense. I'm curious how have having a fresh set of eyes in Cedric and Matt, you know, what have they provided for this season? What's it like in to work with them? Um, yeah, it's great. It's honestly like um, starting out with with Cedric. Um, he's been on my court a lot of the time throughout the season. And I think from from just a strategy and technique perspective, he's one of the best coaches there is. Um, he He's helped me out a lot with just having like a little bit more like the consistency aspect of things. Uh, the accurate, like just being very accurate with my shots, passing shots, volleys, serves, at all that other stuff. He's helped me out so much with that. Um, and Matt has actually been just a really good help with um, mental, the mental game. Um, you know, he's helped me out a lot with the energy, um, dealing with the kind of adversity of switching into this type of conference and everything. Off-court adversity as well is something that you're going to have to deal with as a, as a transfer coming in that's, you know, much older than a lot of the team, you know. You're going to have to deal with a little bit of adversity off the court, and he helped me out a lot with that as well. Um, so I think, you know, having those two as a tandem has been great. I also want to shout out two other guys, Kerry Rubin and uh, Brian Draxel. Uh, Brian's the the volunteer assistant right now, and, and Kerry was last semester Carrie's just a raw. I don't know if you know Carrie, but he used to travel around with um, with us, like to the challengers and stuff. And he can't, he actually came to Fairfield with me and Gab. And he's just been a rock. The guy doesn't miss a ball. He yeah. doesn't miss a ball. And he loves tennis. And you, you can tell he's just so positive, man. And Brian's been very, very good for me in the last couple of months. He's always, you know, he's between me and Liam's court a little bit all the time. But in the in the tough moments, you know, he comes in and he helps like calm me down and all that other stuff. So he really helps out a lot as well. No, it's I also feel like Cedric, sne- like, he's such a nice man. He really is just the kindest guy in person. You know, again, has this soft tone to his voice, ruthless competitor. Like in yeah. the best way possible. Like that's yeah. – it's got to be fun to – like because, again, no one wants – I'm not saying others don't want to win equally. No yeah. one wants to win more than Cedric Kaufman. Yeah. No, I would I would definitely agree with that. You know, we we all love Ced. He, um, he gets really, really competitive for sure. And, you know, he's known these guys a lot longer than I have. So – um, that, that is the other the other coaches in the SEC. So it you know I'm I'm sure it means even more to him than it does to me. You know, and I'm just I'm glad I had the opportunity to to to, to at least help deliver 
you know, one of these, uh, one of the big four, I think he calls them the the, the four majors. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, he told me his four major theory, which was brilliant. And I was like, why haven't I heard that? He goes, everything through the indoors, Australian, regular seasons, the French, you have the ACC tournament as your Wimbledon NCA at the U S open. I was like, I'm stealing that. I was like, I just want you to know I will now be taking that. Um, yeah. you know, again, just a few more, and then I promise I'm gonna let you go here, but the Tennessee match specifically, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Angel takes out Jaden at five. It's coming down to you. You're taking on a guy in Emil Hud. Obviously, you know, you both have been around the block. Two big servers. You're not going to mess around out there. What's yeah. going through your head throughout the course of that match? And talk me through the finish line. Um. Well, at the beginning of the match, I would, you know, but I, I love Emil, but I was coming out with the idea like I'm gonna kick this guy's ass, man. Like I, got, <laughs> I got to get revenge for last time. Like there's no yeah. way it's gonna beat me twice. <laughs> like, like, and then I came in and lost the first set six one in about ten minutes. So, yeah. um, you know, it was just I was I went to the bathroom. You know, I took a bathroom break, and it, the, one of the good things about Auburn is the bathroom is super far away, so it gives you a lot of time to think. Mm-hmm. And um, and I realized that. You know, a little bit underneath that bravado, there's just a, it's a lot of fear. You know, there's a lot of fear there. I was playing with a lot of fear in the in the first half of that match and in the first half of the Georgia match as well. And I, I just decided, like, look, whatever happens, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let go of my fear. I'm gonna just swing free. Um, if he beats me again, he beats me again. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out like playing like this. You know, like, and, <laughs> and I think I loosened up a lot, um, even at the end there. You know, he. Um, he, on this match points, I don't think I think he missed only one first serve mm-hmm. out of the three match points. Um, and the other two, you know, like, it, it was just it was kind of a guess for me because, yeah. you know, I I've, I was thinking in the back of my mind, like, you know, what's what's Woody like? What's you know, what's <laughs> uh, what's Ian like? What's what's uh, um, what's his name? James. Uh, James. James. Yeah. yeah. What are the what are they thinking right now? And I was like and I remember, oh, they're. You know, these guys are some of the smartest coaches in the country, yeah. right? So they're going to be thinking about what what's my weaknesses. It's a huge moment. The guy's for sure going to try and go to what he thinks is my weakness. And to be honest, what everyone thought was my weakness at the time was the forehand. So I just, yeah. you know, I guessed to the forehand. I was right both times. And <laughs> that helped out a lot. That helped out a lot with my confidence. So I, um, you know, at the end there in the third set, I was looking over um, at, at Jaden a lot. And I was thinking, okay, you know, he's probably got this in the bag. So, but I just, you know, I wanted to be sure. So yeah, I gotta, yeah. I gotta stay on him. I know, I know Emil's looking over as well and thinking, oh man, like I, I really need to clutch up here. So I, he, he, um, he raised his level a lot at the beginning of the third set. Um, and, and I kind of at the end there had to, to kick it into another gear. And that's, that's what I did. I'm very proud of, of, of myself and my team for that. Cause like, the guys on the sideline chanting my name and like, you know, saying things like one of the, one of the best things you can say to a teammate is something like, I trust you or I believe in you. Like we were, we're all behind you, something like that. And and in the tight moments that helps so much, you know, knowing that these guys are behind you, no matter what happens. Um, and that's, I think what helped me, you know, kind of loosen up a little bit more and just play just an extra little bit aggressive, more aggressive. And, you know, I went for my shots and I made them. That's, that's kind of what made the difference there. Yeah. All right. Well, as you, uh, I, I agree. It was really fun to watch for the record. And, you know, again, for your team, I'll ask you, doubles has been up and down all year long. 
Has that been a focus <laughs> for you guys heading into May? How critical will that yeah. be for this group in the home stretch? That's going to be huge. That's going to be huge. You know, we we've had kind of, I know, um, me and Taha, or I guess Taha and I, Graham Felice, have have uh, <laughs> we've had our ups and downs. That's the and Cornell think, speaking for the record. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've had our, you know, um, we've had our ups and downs. I think we started on a three or four match losing streak, and then we went on like a seven or eight match winning streak, <laughs> and now we're on like a five match losing streak. So it's kind of been very uh, very roller coastery. But um, one thing I'm sure of is that the team is getting better in doubles, even though, you know, I, I wouldn't say we had our best doubles weekend at the SEC tournament. I, I wouldn't say that, but we competed very well in doubles. And that's one of our biggest focuses going into the NCA tournament. I think doubles point is going to be huge um, in, you know, in Orlando, even if like, let's, you know, obviously we're hoping we make the final eight. Um, we're starting matches at 6 p.m. if I'm not mistaken. So the doubles point is going to be huge in terms of you know getting like a little bit of a push ahead, giving yourself a little bit boost of energy. Like oh okay, we're one out in front now. Um, fighting from behind is no fun. <laughs> it's no fun. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I got Georgia coming. You know and like doing your best. And honestly, credit to like to the Georgia guys and doubles because that was actually our best doubles point of the week. I think across the board. Um, one, two, and three played their best doubles against Georgia, and we still lost that point. So, um, but like you know, going out in singles and being down one point is very disheartening, to be honest. So, so uh, yeah, doubles is going to be huge. Yeah, now that energy is half the fun, and I think the doubles points the single most exciting thing in all of uh, tennis, regardless of level. Like it's just a forty-minute sprint, and you buckle yeah. in and you enjoy yourself. I know how focused you are on May, not just NCAA a team event, but individuals as well. 30,000-foot view, though. How quickly do you imagine you'll be out there traveling, playing pro events? Well, that depends on how I do in the tournament. Okay, um, sure. You know, if if I don't do as well as maybe I hoped, then I'll probably, play, I'll probably be playing the next week um, in Challengers. Uh, if I do better than I hoped, then I'd probably take at least like a week off, go back and train for a bit and then go out on another kind of like push. Um, I don't think it's very important for me to rush right now, which is something that I think the coaches at Kentucky would agree with me. Um, I didn't play any pro tournaments last year during the season. This year I played, I think one in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't have any, any points to defend really. I don't have... I think I maybe have three points to defend in the next three months. So, or no, that, that can't be right. What month is it? Oh yeah, it actually is right. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> more or less like <laughs> I have, like the next two and a half months, I have three points to defend. So um, there isn't any need, I think, to be like rushing everywhere and, and doing crazy stuff. Like last year going from, I guess, uh, what was it? Like Kazakhstan. France. Then yeah, the next yeah. week I went to Kazakhstan. Then the week after that I went to Canada. Then the week after that I was in Lexington. Like it's all over the place. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's important to have a good schedule. And that's actually something I'm going to be asking Gab about. So yeah, no, I think I like he's it. done it very well. The passport's gotten some exercise. There's no doubt about oh that. Oh my gosh. You yeah. want to see it there? <laughs> yeah, flex those stamps oh. on me, please. No, I not see. the stamps. You can't uh, even see the seal. Oh, it's so, it's so worn out. That's it's, amazing. It's That's <laughs> hilarious. 
still has five more years in it. <laughs> oh yeah, hopefully. Seriously. Um. Well, do you know where you'll be training? Um. I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. To be honest, that's something that we're still working on. Sure. Um. I would is like Lexington to get an option. It definitely is. Yeah. It definitely is. I I think that the training facilities here are some of the best like that I've had I've I've been a part of. Um. So. And training with the guys, you know, there's always going to be a couple of guys there that are that are um, training, even the the new freshmen coming in. Um, Jack, let's hit um, AJ. AJ's from around uh, close around here. Um, Eli Stevenson as well. So, you know, there's going to there's always going to be some good guys to hit with around Lexington. I think it's it it definitely is an option. Um, It's one of many. So we're going to probably figure that out in the next week or two yeah we worry that's what we call a later issue uh here yes, at Rackets yes. hq and yeah. so we'll worry about that <laughs> then um no i mean again it's been so great to watch you guys play this season and certainly this kentucky team i know you're new to it but you guys are defending against caa finalists and no stranger to success in may you know before i let you go I haven't asked you this, and it's probably the most important question. I think all of tennis fans, certainly college tennis fans who watched you play last weekend, want to know what led to the haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, listen, listen. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was just I was looking in the mirror one day, like before we left for SECs. I actually didn't get it cut until we got to Auburn, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. I got to Auburn. I was like, man, I should cut it off. Like, I've had this for my whole life. Like, what, what do I, you know, what I mean? like, I, t- I, t- I texted my mom because she's the one who usually braids my hair. I was like, is it okay if I, you know, if I cut my hair? So I see your hair, do whatever you want. So, um, I was still on the fence. So I actually put it in the group chat and I told the team, should I cut off my hair? An overwhelming majority said yes. So, the hair, the hair got cut off. Well, I'm not actually sure what I'm going to do with it, but you know, it's not it's not going to remain like this forever. But it's still <laughs> probably going to be short. You know? Well, that leads to so many fascinating follow ups. Um, yeah. Obviously, you guys win, so it was the right decision. Like that, exactly. that's a clear cut <laughs> sign from the tennis gods. You don't mess with yeah. them. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, it's not the Ivy League. Like it's SEC heat. I imagine it, it did it like this is so stupid. It had to have felt a little lighter out there. You're like, you know what? This isn't the worst. <laughs> it's like it was it was definitely a lot different, like yeah. having the, the wind on your neck. You know, yeah. <laughs> how many bit. like shadow hair were you like? I got to Like, did you do it on no, instinct? I usually. So like I usually just like, you know, yeah. shake my hair. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't shake it. out. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Weird, I was shaking, nothing was happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a clean look for what it's worth. Yeah, Thank I'm you. a fan. And it was definitely no because I was watching it's like I was just like, huh? I was like, wait a yeah. second. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, what am I missing here? And yeah, again, the tennis god sent you the message. You guys win your first conference championship, uh tournament championship, excuse me, since nineteen ninety two, up to number yeah. four in the rankings. You know, obviously you and Taha put yourself in a position to be in contention to make the individuals in doubles. You're gonna make the individuals in singles as well. It's been a heck of a year, and it's been a, pre- uh, a privilege and a pleasure to watch it all. So, Lafia, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Um, yeah, and I'm knock on wood on that behalf, but <laughs> at a minimum, I'll see you in Orlando for the individuals, my friend. So uh, good sure. luck to you and the team, and appreciate you taking the time to do this. 
Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. See you. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Kentucky Senior and ATP number 406, Alafia Ayani. A thank you to Alafia again for taking the time to speak with us here today, of course. If you are looking for more coverage of the 2023 college tennis season, be sure to head over to our Great Shot podcast feed. We recap every week in the Division I men's and women's college tennis world on Wednesdays and Thursdays on that podcast. You can watch those shows live on YouTube Tuesday and Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, of course. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who makes all of our content possible and who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out in doing so. A shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turna as well. Make sure to try the Turna Tough Grip today with all of that said for the fantastic Alafi Ayani, who again, we are so grateful, took the time to speak with us today for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turna, and for all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all next time. Thanks, everyone.